If you are new to 710 or if you've been coming, we are in a series called Sent. Uh, and this is out of John chapter 20, where Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you into the world. And so uh, we've been having conversations about what it means to be a sent community uh, as ambassadors and representatives of Jesus and his kingdom out in the world um, so that we're nurturing our life in Christ, but also nurturing our new life in the world and our discipleship to Jesus in all of life. So we've talked about uh, serving the world through good work. We've talked about evangelism. I've talked about uh, vocation, work, and calling. Uh, next week, I'm actually going to be back uh, in the pulpit um, preaching about being sent to do mercy and justice, so we'll talk about that next week. Um, but tonight, we have a special guest, and I'm really excited about this. And I just want to caveat on the front end um, to maybe adjust your expectations for what you're expecting to hear tonight. So um, there will be a message tonight, but tonight is primarily, I'm thinking about it as an application of the series that we're talking about, as like a, a, an option for you to like actually take what we've been learning and talking about and maybe what God is stirring in your heart and, and stirring in your heart and having an opportunity for you to actually go in the city and serve and um, love like Jesus out there. And so uh, I have my good friend Kendall uh, here with us tonight uh, and his wife Erin, uh, who is wonderful. And uh, so Kendall, um, I'm not going to say all of what you do because I'll save that for this time, but uh, Kendall works for Neighborhood Ministries. Uh, he's been a youth pastor uh, in the past, and he's done just, he has awesome, he's an awesome person. I've actually been in a uh, seminary with him for like the past four years, and so uh, we pretty much have sat in the same living room for just four years straight, and we hear our professor talk, and one of the things, Kendall doesn't know this, but one of the things that I love about Kendall is um, I've just really, like we haven't had that many actually one-on-one conversations I would say, or even coffees necessarily, but I've always really respected him. Like, I've kind of like watched him and like, man, this is just a man of God. You know when you're like watching somebody, you're like, they're just a man or a woman of God. Like, I feel like I experience that when I interact with Kendall. Um, <clears throat> he has a huge heart for the city. Um, he loves Jesus deeply. And uh, one of the, my favorite things about him actually is we have a prayer time at the beginning of every class, and Kendall is always the first person to pray. And I, and I love that. He's just always kind of led our community in that sense. Like, he just, he, he flinches to prayer. Um, he loves the Lord a lot. And so um, I'm just, I feel really honored to have him share with you tonight. And I just ask that you would give him a listening ear. And to take seriously what he's saying, as maybe God is stirring something in you. Don't just dismiss it as an opportunity for somebody else, but maybe something for you as well. Um, and so, yeah, will you guys give Kendall a warm welcome? A warm 710 welcome. So... Thank you, Corey. What's up, 710? There you go. I got a little energy before I share tonight. I was impressed. You guys are clapping on beat and everything tonight. It's good to be with you guys. Um, I think it's like the first, this is the first 710 meeting in Black History Month too, right? And I just so happen to be black, if you guys don't know. So that's kind of funny. We didn't plan that, but it kind of worked out that way. I think everything that Corey shared before about incarnation and, and listening and loving that he shared before, you guys just can hear a little bit more of that even um, from me tonight. And so uh, he, he already said all the things there, I feel like, and I get to now kind of share a specific missions opportunity for you guys and how to be engaged here in the city and to love um, those who are less fortunate in the city. 
And so I love your guys' leaders here. I love Corey and, and Jade, even though um, Corey's got a Seahawks shirt on um, this week, out of all weeks. Um, but they really care about you. They really care about you guys and constantly praying for you guys. Even when I first met with them, um, we met at a coffee shop and we prayed together at a coffee shop. Just among whoever is there, right? I don't know if you guys have been to a coffee shop and just seen people praying, but it kind of almost does something in that space when you're there, and they got to lead that. And so I appreciate you guys and their heart for prayer and their heart for you guys and their love for you all who are here today. And so my name is Kendall Dooley, and as Corey mentioned, I come with a special opportunity for you all. So I gave Corey $150. If you guys go up to him later tonight, no, I'm playing. That's not, that's not the opportunity. But I do believe I have an opportunity for you all that will transform your life and will deepen your relationship with God, which just may be worth more than $150. And so I work as the spiritual development coordinator in the youth program at Neighborhood Ministries called the Sueños Youth Center. Um, if, you, if any of you all speak Espanol, you know that sueños means dreams, the dream youth sentence. So we foster the dreams of the youth in our community. So Neighborhood Ministries is a ministry that works with the underserved and distressed community in South Central Phoenix. And so my invitation to you guys is to invite you all as summer interns to work as, as missional people doing missions work there. And I know everyone here most likely may not be able to join us, but I believe that someone in this room, someone in this group belongs on the team this summer. And you guys already know who you are, I believe. God's already prepped you. You know who you are. And I just get to share about this opportunity. The lessons that I've learned at Neighborhood Ministries have impacted my entire life and have deepened my relationship with God and others. And so I'd like to share a little bit of my story tonight with you guys on Neighborhood Ministries has impacted me and a story of how I got there and where I'm at today. However, I want to first root us in God's words, and so let's take a look at Luke 10, 25 through 28. Luke 10, 25 through 28. I'll read it. You guys can turn there if you get your phone Bibles. You can open those up as well. So this is um, Jesus talking here, and he says, One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. He said, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? What should I do to inherit eternal life? And so this is like the question people ask today, right? How can I get saved? How may I be saved? Or what's the good news for me and for those who follow Jesus? What's the good news? What's the gospel? And so Jesus replies saying, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told them, do this and you will live. Let's pray and then I'll continue to talk. Let's pray. Father, thank you for 
uh, tonight, God. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the time we had in worship, God. Thank you for the time we had in gratitude, um, Jesus. May you continue to speak to us and be with us throughout the night. I pray the words that I would say would fall flat on the floor, God, but the words that you would say with the minds and hearts of everyone in here so that they may love you more and they may love their neighbors more. In your name I pray, amen. So in a lot of Christian traditions, you guys may have heard of this one, the way we talk about how we move in the world is our relationship with God. We love God and we love others. It's this up and out thing. And so everybody, breathe in with me, breathe in through your nose, lifting your body up, loving God, and then breathe out, loving others, our relationship with others. God's even given us a framework of it in the way that we move throughout the world, breathing in, loving God, breathing out, loving others. So you'll see in my story on how both are connected, this God and others, and how deeper relationship with others leads to deeper relationship with God, and deeper relationship with God leads to loving others better. My understanding of God and what matters to him has led me personally to love others more. So in my story, my story starts uh, with, with my parents. My dad grew up in rural North Carolina. My mom grew up in urban Columbus, Ohio in the 1960s and 70s. My family moved to Cedar Rapids, Iowa because of a job opportunity my, that my dad got, which brought us financial security, my family and I. I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood, attending a predominantly white school, but my family and I attended a predominantly black church on Sundays. And during the week, for different services as well, black church had things going on every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It was always my desire growing up to bring these two worlds together. I was pretty innocent about it as a kid, right? I was probably colorblind, I'd call myself in some ways. I just innocently wanted my friends at school who were white to meet my friends at church who were black because I thought they would get along. Does anyone else in their life have like friends in two different spaces? They're like, oh, you guys need to meet. Like, I want you guys to meet. You guys know that feeling? I remember getting a glimpse of this uh, when the Wii first came out. Who here remembers the Wii when the Wii first came out? Right? So it was for my brother's birthday party, we had friends from our church and friends from school come together. And I was like, oh, this is a glimpse of what I was wanting, of what I'd see. And so I've always wanted to have different parties growing up that brought both groups together. During this time, it was my understanding that this is what God wanted as well. I believe that God wanted unity, and so that was a big value of mine. Everyone say unity. So that was a big value of mine. I wanted my friends to be one. Just like Jesus prayed in John 17 that we would be one as he and his Father in heaven are one. Verses like these from the Bible shaped my understanding of God and beliefs at that time. I wanted everyone to get along and to relate to one another so that we could be one big friend group. However, I learned that the value of unity and how I viewed it at that time was not enough. I began to learn that unity can wrongly turn into uniformity when everyone feels forced to look alike or act the same. We often don't acknowledge one another's differences, but instead focus on our sameness. This leads us to assimilate into one way of being 
and it erases our uniqueness. I then began to recognize and understand God's heart and desire for diversity after that. I learned that the kingdom of God will include people from all nations and tribes that are different and are speaking their own different languages, according to Revelation 21. I also began to recognize this by looking around at God's creation. Psalms 19 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God, and the skies display his craftsmanship. God is an artist. All the different colors outside and the different shapes all together in harmony spoke to me how God loves diversity. Diversity became a special value of mine during my college years attending ASU. Forks up? Anybody? Yes, sir. I met people from all over at ASU and learned to honor their uniqueness, and I saw more in color. Where I was from in Iowa, if you had any drop of black in you, you would just be considered black. But there was this girl I met in college who was mixed with black, Latina, and white, and she wanted me to know that she wanted to honor all of her cultures that represented in her. I learned that this is what it means to notice and embrace diversity. So I was like, yes, I got it now. I striving towards unity and acknowledging diversity will make everyone feel welcome and will bring people together to love more. And it's God's heart which will lead us to love God more. But then I began noticing the harm that was done to individuals and people groups within communities. If there has been so much hurt done to one another, how can we come together and love well? I then learned about reconciliation and God's heart for that as well. For reconciliation to happen, there must be a recognition of the wrong that has been done. Since being married, I've noticed I probably say sorry at least 10 to 15 times a day. And it was at this stage of reconciliation I learned about the beauty of the table. Jesus tells a lot of stories about the banquet and about the table and how that reflects God's kingdom. He invites everyone at the table into dialogue and discussion to repair harm that has been done. While I was learning more about reconciliation, I was working at a domestic violence shelter in town called Chrysalis. I worked with the offenders of domestic violence while being there. We talked about accountability for their actions and the healing that needs to happen afterwards. They wrote letters to the person they had harmed as a practice to bring healing to them. Each of these landscapes and these stages I was in had dramatically impacted how I viewed the world around me and it allowed me to hear from God, which led me to love my neighbor better and to love God more. Are the things that you're learning, is the theology, what you understand about God, is it leading you to love others more? I then questioned, well, what is my role now at this table for reconciliation? I got to reconciliation at this valley. I'm like, what is my role at the table? And that brings me to the final stage that I want to talk with you all about. The final stage that I want to call us into and what I believe is to be the last and most encompassing stage is solidarity. Being at Neighborhood Ministries has taught me true solidarity. To truly be with people I serve who have come from traumatic scenarios and live in underserved community. 
Neighborhood Ministries has been in downtown Phoenix for 40 years, being with distressed and traumatized families. Not for them, but with them. Loving God and their neighbor. Loving Latino immigrant families and those who have grown up with great struggle. In the internship, you'll be with people in our community, loving the community, serving the community, and learning from them. I believe this to be a unique and special opportunity to grow your relationship with God in a way of truly understanding the steps towards unity, diversity, reconciliation, and solidarity, which leads you to love your neighbor more. I truly believe solidarity encompasses all of it. It brings a togetherness as you embrace the emotion of others around you. That's unity. It allows you to recognize and love the differences within people and accept them. It's diversity. It is a part of the process towards healing the damage that's been done within a community, and that's reconciliation. I believe this is what Jesus' ministry was all about as well. He says this in Luke when he talks about bringing good news to the poor and freeing those who are oppressed. Throughout his ministry, he chooses to be with the oppressed and hurting. Jesus shows us what solidarity looks like with those who are suffering, and he inspires us to do the same in Matthew when he says, when you have served the least of these, he says, you've served me. He's he's standing so much solidarity that he says that when you serve those, you're serving serving me. When you serve those who are suffering and oppressed, you serve me. That's next level solidarity. Being a part of the summer internship at Neighborhood Ministries will bring you closer to Jesus and others as you learn about solidarity. I'm going to have you guys watch this video that will go a little bit more in depth in in the internship and talk a little bit um, about some of the values you may learn as well. The summer internship at Neighborhood Ministries has been offering an introduction to the work of Christian community development since 1996. Every summer over the course of 10 weeks, high school, college, and career-aged interns work side-by-side to run summer youth programs engage with the community in service, and reflect together on how Christ and His kingdom are being revealed here in this place. The relationships that we built, that I built over the summer, have impacted my life in a summer, in a way that I couldn't even expect. Without people here at the internship to, you know, just challenge me to do better and support me, um, and just give me, give me, you know, positive feedback of what I do and, you know, to just be there for you, it's, it's gonna be tough. You need, you need that support. The summer is an amazing opportunity to be immersed in a vibrant ministry with relationships going back over 35 years. You get to witness the work God has done through these relationships and be grafted into friendships that will challenge you and some of your perceptions. You will participate in the slow work of God's reconciliation and be moved by the quick work of His heart. The oppression or the things that the community faces are way more complex and deep and like long-standing than I think I even understood coming in. It was hard for me to understand sometimes how soft and how vulnerable and how um, big of faith our friends had in the midst of these struggles, in the midst of the oppression they were facing. The Neighborhood Ministries internship has a way of confronting our preconceived notions of missions work 
redefining our ideas of sharing the gospel, and allowing God to reveal the abundant wealth in marginalized communities. You will learn to see the diversity of the image of God in your neighbor, and will realize that you've experienced new life when you share real, reciprocal relationships with those on the margins. As you live and move in this community, you will become part of its story, part of its history, and maybe part of its future. I did my first summer internship in 2005, and I've had at least some small role in every summer since. Now, 12 years later, I uh, run our summer internship program. If you participate in the internship this summer, you'll join a list of well over 100 other interns who've uh, found a, a second home here at Neighborhood Ministries. The experience of a summer at Neighborhood Ministries will stay with you and will alter the trajectory of your life forever. So Neighborhood Ministries and Redemption Gilbert has been in partnership before, probably since it was East Valley Bible, if those of you guys have been around in those days. Tyler Johnson has supported the work that we do for, for a long time. And so now we've come at this time where um, we need you guys. We need your guys' help um, through the summer to help create an experience that will deeply impact the life of our youth and families there in South Central Phoenix. So from May to July, we'll be preparing and planning to create a two-week day camp that's filled with activities for our kids and the community to play, and is also filled with lessons for them to learn and deepen their relationship with God. We also need help for, for those of you who have a heart for justice in the city. We have a justice team that is working on affordable housing and preparation for the extension of the light rail that's coming into our community. Lastly, we need your help to prepare and plan for an amazing week of summer camp in Payson, Arizona. This will be for our, our city kids to get out in nature, to experience and see God in a new and fresh way, and to develop relationships with their counselors. There will be a meaningful moment in their lives that will last a lifetime. So this is one way that you can stand in true solidarity with those in your community of Phoenix, Arizona. You don't even have to go too far here in Phoenix, Arizona, who have been given the shorter end of the stick in life. To sacrifice your space of comfort to be with those who are hurting in Phoenix, I ask you all to join us in being in solidarity with those who are suffering and lost. Join this summer for the paid, yes, paid internship. Um, we have a grant program that some of you all may qualify for, and others will have the opportunity to fundraise a bit, and then we'll match. And there are more details I'll have, and we can talk more about it, the internship application in the back of that table. And you can grab an application if you like to, if you're interested at the end, or sign up if you're interested. But even if you are not able to do the internship, my encouragement to you all is to stand in solidarity with those who you see around you, and those who are in the outskirts. Just as Jesus stood in solidarity with us, Paul reflects on this in Philippians 2, 6 through 11. He says this in a poem. He says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. 
Therefore, God elevated him to the place of above highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus left this place of comfort and honor to be with humanity incarnate. We follow Jesus into entering into the reality of others who are different from us and to stand with them and support them. But if you wanted to put into practice what Jesus says here about solidarity, then the summer internship is the opportunity to do it. We can talk about it, we can believe it, and here's an opportunity to do it. We can talk um, more about it at the end, if you guys are interested. Um, with that, I'll have worship come up as, uh, as I'll pray out. But I want you all to, to think of the people in your own lives who you need to stand with right now. The people that maybe you need to stand with right now in solidarity, as Corey even says in Black History Month. Who are the friends, or maybe what are the things you need to learn right now for you to grow deeper into solidarity that grows you deeper into loving others, which is connected to your relationship with God? So let me pray. Father, I pray that you would give us the strength to love others more, give us the strength to love ourselves well, give us the strength to love you well, God. God, I pray, Father, that you would allow us not just to be hearers of the word, but to be doers as well, God. God, I pray whoever has ears to hear what you have to say, Jesus, I pray, Father, that you would um, speak to that person's heart here in the room who's thinking about being a part of the internship this summer, Jesus, and, and give them the courage to step up and be a part of what God's doing here in our community in South Central Phoenix. God, I thank you for this community. I thank you for Jade and Corey and the leadership that's here and how they love you and the people in this room so well. Father, we love you. We thank you for being in solidarity with us. Thank you for being with us. In your name we pray, amen.